I'm joined this morning by Viv Dickinson, CEO of Crossreach. So welcome Viv and thank you so much for giving us this period of your time. So for anybody that might not be aware of who you are, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and your own journey through your career in social care? Yes, so I'm Viv Dickinson. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of an organisation called Crossreach, one of the largest voluntary sector social care organisations in the country, offering care and support to people of all ages, employing around 1,600 staff, so quite a significant uh, force for the good uh, across Scotland. I came into social care probably by quite an odd route. I'm a psychologist by training, then went into prison service in England and Wales, and that really grounds you in the reality of people's lives. So it was a bit of a natural step, I think, into social care, where you can start to think about, well, what would really make a difference? So started off working in the perinatal mental health services, um, have been head of service for mental health, homelessness, criminal justice, Uh, I've worked in children's services as the director and I now have the privilege of being the chief executive officer. Um, And so you must have seen a lot of change in in the time that you started your career and from where you are now. What are some of the good changes? What are the best things that you've seen change in social care? Some of the really good changes, I think, are that there is much more of a movement to doing with people rather than to people, that supported people have much more of a say in the way that their social care is organised. There's still a lot of progress to be made, and perhaps we'll talk about that later, but that is one of the changes that I have seen. Less institutionalised care, much more ability to give support to people in their own homes and to help them to live life to the full in the way that they want to. You said back in 2020, I think it was just before COVID, was that you know people don't want to be seen as a package and people thrive in the community and they thrive being in amongst relationship. So you know that certainly is something that you speak very passionately about, and it's always been at the crux of of what you're um, saying to people that are involved in social care. So at the moment then, we've invited you along to talk about the top three things that you feel should be most addressed currently, given the current climate of social care. So can I, can we ask, um, do you think that this movement in social care has been a creep that's led to this position or did COVID really explode it open? Or are we looking at just a perfect storm? I think there has been an underfunding and undervaluing of social care for many, many years. Mm. And I think that COVID did help explode that. Mm. So I think people began to sit up and think, well, what is social care? That when we weren't delivering to people through COVID, that was causing a number of other problems within society. Um, Where services were staying open, um, we began to understand just how fragile they were and how fragile the system was. So I think it's probably exposed something that was already pretty fragile. And there are um, agencies out there who are very vocal in supporting the changes that are going on. Um, One of the the biggest is the CCPS, and that is the Coalition of Care Providers in Scotland. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Okay. Um, So why, why is someone like the CCPS important? The CCPS is important because it captures and mobilises the voice of a wider sector. So we're all third sector providers, mm-hmm. all providers of social care services yeah. and work with supported people 
from the very youngest in society to the very frail elderly people. We all have a passion for social care, but what CCPS helps to do is to bring providers together to give us a bit of an organised forum Mm -hmm. to talk about the things that are really important, which will help improve the system and to take forward matters into policy that are pivotal within the sector. CCPS CEO Rachel Cackett makes a lot of good points and highlights a particular conundrum on their blog, the Scottish budget for third sector and social care is at all costs and no value. I'll just read that. So she says the government thinks that frontline social care and staff need to be skilled, qualified, professionally regulated and police checked because of the responsible, high-risk nature of the work that they do, and yet they are worth only £10.90 an hour from April. I believe that one of the things that you feel very strongly about is is fair work. Absolutely. So, in my view, we completely undervalue the workforce. Um, They are highly trained, highly regulated, skilled professionals who care passionately about the services they work in, but most importantly, about the people they support. Mm -hmm. Um, They bring their hearts to work Mm -hmm. and all of that passion, and that deserves to be seen and to be valued. Um, We're asking people to take masses of responsibility, Mm -hmm. and there's something about the way we value the workforce that speaks to the way that we value people who are supported. Mm -hmm. Um, If we put um, a bit of a tag on the workforce saying they're not valuable, What are we saying about the people that they support? So to me, this is a really fundamental issue. Even at its basic level, it feels right that we reward the workforce appropriately for the work they carry out. For me, it's also a gender justice issue. We have an 85% female workforce working in social care. And I think there is a real um, gender gap here. There's no equality, I don't think, in within this system. It's seen as women's work and women's work is not valued um, in the same way. I think there's a bit of that going on um, within the system. I also believe... At the moment, uh, the lack of fair work, the terms and conditions that people are working under are not allowing us to recruit or retain the type of workforce that's going to be so important for the future. There's certainly a huge recruitment challenge in social care. There are in many sectors, but actually poor wages does not help attract. Lack of succession planning across the sector doesn't help attract. And these are issues that very much need to be addressed because if they're not all that will happen is we won't be able to recruit. Supported people won't be able to access Mm -hmm. care and Mm -hmm. there will be growing need in society. Mm -hmm. So it it is, for me, a top issue and I'm fully behind the CCPS Mm -hmm. campaign for Steps to Fair Work. So at the moment, procurement is very much a competitive process that uh, can create uh, a service provision that's perhaps based on all the wrong, not necessarily the wrong values, but the emphasis is given more to price than it is to whether or not it suits the, pe- the people. And 
obviously the geographical location and services as well. So um, what are your thoughts then on the commissioning process? Because I know that the CCPS are looking for it perhaps to be more standardised and making it less postcodish to use a popular phrase. Commissioning is one of the things I think that um, underpins some of the fragility within the current system. What we would call for is a system of commissioning for social care or procuring social care that doesn't treat people like commodities, Mm -hmm. but actually sees them first and foremost as human beings, Mm -hmm. as valuable human beings who, when well supported, have a lot to contribute to communities. Mm -hmm. So actually supporting people to live life to the full. And you don't get that through competitive tendering Mm -hmm. when every few years you're going out to say, well, we we need it at a a lower price. We need to make some efficiencies within the system. What that fundamentally does is actually just cut across relationships. So if we think that relationships are at the heart of social care and that supported people thrive when they've got good relationships in place, something about fracturing that every few years Mm -hmm. to go through a procurement process feels not the right thing to be doing in social care. It disrupts supported people and it disrupts the workforce and essentially then it works against all the really good things that can happen so what we're looking at and trying to get our heads around is what would a more ethical Mm -hmm. type of commissioning look like within Mm -hmm. social care Mm -hmm. that allows people to co-design the care and be really involved in that process Mm -hmm. not just at the heart of the process but actually designing it Mm -hmm. and themselves that that there's co-production in there that it's a much more collaborative process but at the moment the system sets providers up against each other so it's about organisations and their ability to tender Mm -hmm. sometimes rather than supported people and what they what they need so so this is I think is something that we all need to get our heads round about how would we commission differently for social care and then how would you build your procurement processes Mm -hmm. underneath that Mm -hmm. that allow organizations to collaborate that allow the best people to be offering the support Mm -hmm. in the right places Mm -hmm. but that fundamentally is put in place with supported people right at the heart in Mm -hmm. that co-design and co-production process. The word procurement and the word commissioning is something that maybe these that work in social care are very familiar with and certainly um, uh, people at your level of responsibility, they're just words that come off your tongue. What is procurement? How would you define procurement to someone who doesn't uh, and hasn't heard of it before? It's the way in which people access services and the way that these services are paid for. So um, there are a number of different ways in which people can access services, but there's a particular budget put aside for social care uh, and that can be allocated in a number of different ways. The way in which people have most choice and control about the way that a budget can be spent is applying for something called self-directed support Mm -hmm. and that's really fundamental to social care going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, There's already legislation in place that say If somebody is in need of care and support, um, we should make it easy for them to access and we should be clear about the budget. Mm -hmm. And actually, we could put that budget into their own hands Mm -hmm. and allow them to organise the services that they want. So really, that's what this is about. Mm -hmm. What the current system does is, although the legislation exists, self-directed support, that putting the budget directly into the hands of somebody who wants to purchase Mm -hmm. support round about them, Mm -hmm. um, isn't 
hugely prevalent. Mm -hmm. So what we have is uh, local authorities who manage budgets mm -hmm. or large frameworks which manage budgets mm -hmm. on behalf of people. Mm -hmm. um, and then every few years say, um, actually we've run to the end of a particular contract. So mm -hmm. somebody might say we're going to contract with Crossreach mm -hmm. to provide um, support for people with learning difficulties mm -hmm. in, a, in a certain area of Scotland. Yeah. But we're only going to contract with them for three years. So mm -hmm. people with learning difficulties are then supported by Crossreach. And what happens in that three years' time, a local authority will say, well, actually, we need to put this back out mm -hmm. to into a competitive situation, mm -hmm. give lots of providers the opportunity to come up uh, against each other mm -hmm. and, and award another contract, mm -hmm. um, potentially to Crossreach, potentially to another organisation mm -hmm. to do that work. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets particularly complicated because that's where the element of competition comes in yeah. and that's where relationships can be yes. fragmented. But really at its base, yeah. it's about um, how people access uh, social care and the budget that they're entitled to, mm -hmm. to um, have services around them. Right, okay. And so that's explained the, the competitive mm -hmm. Um, what you were saying earlier about the, the disruption to the people receiving the support mm -hmm. because it goes, goes back out for a competition and the people receiving the support aren't guaranteed to have the same people provide it after that. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And, and commissioning, that's another word that we use a lot. What, who, what is commissioning? Who are commissioners? So commissioners um, are at the moment largely local authorities or a conglomeration of local authorities who say we want to purchase a particular type of social care so they won't be providing it in-house right uh, so local authorities do provide some services in-house mm -hmm. but they often rely on partner providers to be able to provide these services for them mm -hmm. so they are the commissioner of the service, they say, this is what we want to provide. Right. This is where we want to provide it. Mm -hmm. This is the type of service that we want, potentially. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the budget that we can put to it. Right. And um, so they become the commissioner of that service. Right. And that's within the local authorities? Yes. Okay. Uh, at the National Forum for the Learning Disability Services that we held just at uh, tail end of last year, or that lovely Makaton Choir came from at Christmas, when you spoke then, that um, you were very keen on everybody having their voices heard and encouraging people to become involved in the conversations surrounding the creation of the National Care Service. Um, how would people get involved? What, what are the channels that people can go forward in to have their voices heard about this? So Scottish Government have now set up a number of channels and one is specifically to capture the voices of people with lived experience and you can sign up through the Scottish Government website for that. It's for people who are supported by the system and they also want to hear from people who work in the system mm -hmm. and they also are very keen to hear from unpaid carers because although we do all of that formal care and mm -hmm. um, supported and paid care yes. there are many many people that are just supported in their communities mm -hmm. by families and friends so they're really keen to hear from all of these groups mm -hmm. and you can sign up for that uh, independently mm -hmm. um, through the website mm 
Mm-hmm. Crossreach have also joined the National Stakeholder Register and we have said we're particularly interested in giving people a voice. Mm-hmm. So it's called NCS Design and they are in touch about opportunities for the workforce and for supported people to engage in a number of different groups that they have. Mm-hmm. And we put these bulletins out through our operational services mm-hmm. and encourage people to have their voice heard mm-hmm. through our place on that stakeholder register. So anyone who is in a position of caring for someone, looking after a family member, for example, they're quite entitled to go to the Scottish Government website and sign up to be able to put their opinions forward on the National Care Service and its design. Yes, and I believe there's also a telephone number on there. So people, that, you know, they, they might have to find the information that way or through an advocacy group or just mm-hmm. get in touch with a, a support organisation. Mm-hmm. But, but there are different ways of engaging. They are thinking very carefully about accessibility yes. so that as many people as possible can have their voice heard in that process. Yes. Great. That's encouraging. So I came across um, an article by John McGill and he had three ways to make health and social care more attractive. Now, as one of them stood out and I thought, I must ask you what you think. So instead of creating, he says, a new structure for social care, transform the status of existing integration bodies by funding them directly, achieving the accountability that is felt is missing. Now, that seems a very simple overnight solution. Is it, would it be that simple? I don't think there's any simple solution to this because otherwise we would have done it, I think. Um, there, there are a lot of stakeholders and there are quite a few competing interests in the middle of this. So we're actually trying to work our way through what is um, going to make the difference in social care is really important. And CCPS have put out a manifesto um, saying if it doesn't meet these tests, yeah. then actually it's probably not going to make the, the, the difference that we really need. Yeah. So, of course, paying attention to the structure is going to be important, mm-hmm. but making sure that the money really follows the needs of supported people is going to be more important mm-hmm. um, and, and ensuring that providers have got that sustainability mm-hmm. uh, to be able to work alongside the people of support to be there mm-hmm. now uh, and into the future. So um, my view is that I'm pleased that the bill has been paused. Mm-hmm. I think we do need to think about it a lot more carefully. Mm-hmm. It does give the opportunity to um, think through the issues, but change is absolutely necessary. Yeah. I cannot say that strongly enough. Yeah. With the current fragility in the system, mm-hmm. the recruitment crisis, mm-hmm. the growing needs in communities, mm-hmm. we need to get on and do this. So yeah. I'm hoping the leader in Scotland takes the opportunity to engage with CCPAs mm-hmm. and to um, think about the things that are really going to put support people at the heart of a, of a system mm-hmm. rather than get bogged down in structural change. Mm-hmm. So how does Crossreach as an organisation hear the voice of the staff and the people it supports? Um, there's a number of ways in which we do that and, and um, local services organise to ensure that people are heard yes. um, and that uh, they can a, ensure that the support around them works well for them. But as an organisation, we've put um, a significant resource into thinking about participation and how we hear 
the voices of our service users mm -hmm. um, our supported people more loudly mm -hmm. um, and uh, we've put some trained resources and advocacy resources mm -hmm. and we bring people together uh, in national forums mm -hmm. um, or through a, a series of events that we call World Cafe events mm -hmm. in the last year yeah. and ask people uh, some very targeted questions as well as hearing their stories about how we can improve, yeah. accepting that not everything goes well all the time mm -hmm. and that there's always room for improvement. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we've been working on very intentionally mm -hmm. um, over the last year. Mm -hmm. It's important to us too, though, that we hear the voices of our staff really clearly. Um, I, the sector as a whole does not have effective voice. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So it's one of the things that I'm really keen within the organisation to develop, mm -hmm. um, to give staff, our staff members, our fantastic workforce, a greater voice mm -hmm, in, um, in how they organise, in terms and conditions and things that would make their working lives better. Mm -hmm. So we're also um, thinking about that at the moment mm -hmm. and um, working with the employee representative group to make mm -hmm. sure that we have that um, embedded within the organisation. So if you think perhaps in an ideal world and we'd all like an ideal world, in five years time, what would social care look like? Ooh, <laughs> my magic wand moment. <laughs> So, um, I guess it's much less complicated mm -hmm. for people who find themselves in need of support. Yeah. So, at the moment, the system is incredibly complicated. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult to navigate your way through. Uh, I'm a professional. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother is a supported person. Mm -hmm. I can tell you it was not easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I tend to know the systems and processes yes. and the questions to ask. Yes. So I fully accept that this is not an easy system to navigate. Mm -hmm. So what we would have is a system that is easy to navigate for people in need of support, yeah. that is understandable, that's accessible, where they are very valued and have a huge C or the C in, in what that support looks like for the future. I think we have a workforce which has a huge amount of pride in itself, mm -hmm. that is well valued, mm -hmm. um, that's sustainable mm -hmm. um, and that have a career progression in there. Mm -hmm. And I think whatever the structure right about that looks like, whether it's local or national, that the structures work to support the system mm -hmm. um, and encourage collaboration rather than the kind of dispersed system that we've got at the moment where there are too many competing interests and actually mm -hmm. because of the commissioning processes which need to be streamlined all of the rest of it um, money is sometimes doesn't go to the right places yeah. it goes to preserving a system yeah. um, uh, and we have a, a very much a lottery locally about who gets support who doesn't where it can be delivered well who doesn't so you'd have something mm -hmm. that looked like a much better universal mm -hmm. offer across the country that sounds good I'll have to get your magic wand. <laughs> magic wand. <laughs> um, so Crossreach uh, represents thousands of staff, volunteers and service users across Scotland. What would you say to them just now to reassure them in this current place within social care and its landscape as it stands? I would say you're doing a fantastic job now. So please don't let anyone tell you the crisis in social care is about anything that you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're doing a fantastic job and I can see in our services transformation in people's lives every day. So that has to be a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. 
What I think the reassuring message would be is there's a lot that's good to build on that I think we do now have the ear of politicians. Yeah. Um, there is an acceptance that things need to change. Mm-hmm. There might be disagreement about the what of that, <laughs> but there is a universal uh, agreement that something does need to change. And I believe that change will be affected within the next few years. So carry on. <laughs> we're, go- we're going to need you for a long time and you do a fantastic job. Brilliant, thank you. Bob Dickinson, thank you very much for joining thank us today. Thank you for your time. And for giving us your social caring service. <laughs>